Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There's good birthday surprises, like when your friends throw you a party. And bad ones, like realizing you're so old you can't blow out all your candles in one go. At Phonewatch, we're celebrating 30 years of protecting Irish homes. And we've got a birthday surprise for you. For a very limited time, get a Phonewatch alarm installed for only 30 euro. Yes, just 30 euro. Offer ends November 30th, so order right away at phonewatch.ie. Monitoring fees apply. Welcome to episode 32 of the Blood and Mud podcast. It's the end of season party. It is indeed. Are you sure? Wasn't it 30 last week? It's 31. It was 31 last week. Was it? No, for... Well, either way, whatever yes. number it is, it's the end of season party. <laughs> I am Lee Calvert. I am he clearly is... I'm D-Mob Happy. Clearly, is what I am, and I'm also Josh Gardner of RuggishWatch.com. I'm surprised you're laughing, Josh, because it's the end of the season party. I have just absolutely hammered Josh at Ludo, and I've <laughs> yes. called him for cheating on the big kaplunk that we brought in, and he's not yep. happy. I have won best of three in uh, Connect Four, though. So you know, we are both sat here engorged on fizzy pop, pink wafers, and white mice, mm-hmm. but we are ready to go. Are you ready to go, I Josh? Am, I am ready and willing. <laughs> it wouldn't be a party without a party horn. I I, I feel about thirty percent more um, festive. Fest- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Butterbot.com <laughs> podcast. We are available mm. on iTunes. We're available on Acast. We're available on SoundCloud. We're available on Bloodandmud.com. We are. Have you got a widget on your website, Josh? Um, I, I don't think I have. All right, well, never mind then. Ignore his website, yes. rugbyshirtwatch.com. Yeah. <laughs> ignore it for podcast-related things, but you can obviously go there for rugby shirt-related things. Mm. Um, you can contact us on Twitter at Blood and Mud, or Josh is on uh, at Josh Gardner. We can also get in touch with uh, on email Lee at bloodandmud.com, or you can find the web uh, the um, website bloodandmud.com. I'm on there as well. Uh, yeah, don't email me then. <laughs> I won't answer. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, reviews have been coming in. Thank you very much for everybody who has kept uh, coming in. Owen on Twitter, Hatfield Scarlet said, "You better promise to come back next season because I've really enjoyed the podcast." Oh, oh isn't that, that nice? Uh, thanks to every. Oh, seriously though, thanks to every single one of you who've been out, who've tuned in this season in our first attempt at doing this. Um, we started during the World Cup, I believe, way back when. 30- oh, was it just was it just finishing it or just at it the end of it? Towards yeah. the end of the World Cup, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Thanks for everyone who's listened, everyone who's tweeted, everyone who's reviewed, everyone who's emailed, everyone who's offered, any, everyone who, and people who've basically joined in with our nonsense. Um, <laughs> uh, we're looking to get. We need to figure out what we're going to do in the off season. I think Josh, mm. and I think we're look. I'm I'm looking to get Kingsley Jones's network working. I've skyped yeah, him. I mean, I've become part of his network. We need to Skype everyone that we know and and just see what they think that's the Kingsley James way isn't yeah, it yeah and then get a, see what he can summon up for us and I'm hoping to get my hands on a second hand scanner at least before September <laughs> just like he managed to do with the Dragons 
Mm-hmm. So coming up then for your end of season festive party podcast, we have uh, some more stuff in the rugby lexicon, which we keep getting suggestions for. Thank you very much for that, at Blood and Mud. Uh, a review of last weekend's tests and the test series generally, but when, it's Wednesday now as we're recording this, so we realise there's been a lot of regurgitation and, and digestion mm. of this going on already. Um, we'll have a look at what this might mean moving forward for each team and so on. Uh, well, we're going to pick between us our teams of the tours, so a composite team of, of all the touring sides. We are indeed. We've been had a request on Twitter to see if we can come up with the 2016 Cuthbert Police on Team of the Year. So we've had a, we've had a stab at that. Just surprisingly hard. Which was harder than I thought. Yes, for somebody who's yeah. I, I re- when I read over my twitters, my tweets, I do. You know, I am quite a negative person, and I do. I'm a cynic, mm. and I I recognise that. Um, I had a. <laughs> I had a go at uh, Scott Quinnell at the weekend. Did a bit of a riff on saying, you know, basically whatever you say to him, he just said it's brilliant, doesn't he? He's the most everything is brilliant in Scott he is Quinnell. An incredibly world. enthusiastic. Yeah, yeah. Man. Dead puppy Scott, brilliant. And uh, the uh, the he, and somebody on Twitter actually did say to me, well, maybe you should try being positive sometime. I was like, no, that's not my thing, mate. That really isn't yes. my thing. You can play to your strength. You can find plenty of that out there. That's not our thing. Um, yeah. So we got. So that was harder than I thought it would be. And then we've got the shit good. Ratings, and we'll finish with the very last loop of the season. How's that Sounds for you good. for a party? Indeed, it's uh, it's, it's all going off in here. <laughs> it's absolutely, really? absolutely ridiculous in here. I'm disappointed we're not broadcasting directly from Bunga Bunga in London, to be honest. But, uh... Oh, it's all too much. That's exactly that's exactly what it would be like in Bunga Bunga. Did somebody, who was it who tweeted us this week that one of the Ospreys players was in Bunga Bunga? Uh, Kai Griffiths, formerly of Ospreys, now I don't really know where he he's is. He's in Bunga Bunga, um, never to come out again. Mate, he's in fucking Bunga. <laughs> He'll never ever be seen again. For the looks of his performance on the weekend, Rory Jackson should have given it a miss as well. But uh, I'm telling you, we yeah. need to do a pod outing to Bunga Bunga. We need to try and get a gang <laughs> of pod need... people down there. Let's all meet in Bunga Bunga. Yes. If nothing else, they should sponsor us for the sheer amount of publicity we've given it's an, them. It's the an last absolutely two weeks. horrific place. I've not been. I've just looked at the photos, and it's like, why would any it fucker go there? I don't it understand. Genuinely it genuinely looks terrible. I, I'm baffled. But oh well. So there you go, Bunga Bunga. Speaking of Bunga Bunga, because it was Rory Jackson was in there. Um, and speaking mm. of festive and exciting things, did you see that Japan try versus Scotland? I absolutely did, and good God, um, it was remarkable. Yeah. I mean, if you. It's genuinely one of the best team tries I think you'll ever see. I mean, from their own twenty-two off a scrum, wasn't it? Uh, line out, line out, sorry, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I mean, it goes every, practically every player on the team, one side of the pitch and back. It's it was so brilliantly old school and just beautiful. Yeah, it had, yeah. It had, it had loops, it had runarounds, it had everything. It, it, it was wonderful. Yeah, it was. Magnificent. I'm sure you've all seen it by now. Yet. We wanted to make sure to say yeah. that, that, that we. It, it is on iPlayer and on the BBC website. If you uh, if you are wishing to indulge them. Yeah, so you know we've got to be up. We've got to be up. Mm. Uh, right, so let's have a rugby lexicon. Let's talk about the rugby lexicon, which has been getting yes, lots let's. and lots of, of, of nominations coming in. Uh, as you know, this is our alternative dictionary from the game, where we take terms from the game and use them in different ways to try and at least amuse ourselves, if nobody else. But some of you seem to be amused as well, and you've been sending in some examples of lexicon stuff for us to have a look at, which is great. Thank you very much. Oshin C suggested this week, Josh, he said the noun mm-hmm. Phipps. <laughs> as in Nick Phipps, obviously, a complete mess. For example, you've made a right fips of that cake. It tastes like fish. <laughs> so you've been looking at my shit good ratings. <laughs> <laughs> Anything from you, Luxkin? 
I'm I am I am I'm not Lex Kendall. Okay, well let's key away on the this then. But, uh, uh, Lawrence yeah. Hooper on Twitter said Skelton, an impressively bulky device that proves on closer inspection unable to perform its basic function. <laughs> I once test drove a Humvee and I warn you the thing's a total skeleton. <laughs> I think that's a tad hard. <laughs> yeah, he played quite well at the weekend, he didn't did. he? He is he He's is just... comically bad usually. Yeah, and also he just kind of he he doesn't do himself any favours because he perennially looks like the sort of big lad playing with the younger boys. You know, he's like that mm. kid who's had the freakish growth spurt. Yeah. It he doesn't sort of, seem doesn't fair. Really, no, and he doesn't sort of look like an athlete really. He just kind of looks like a big sort of lumbering Lenny character. <laughs> yeah. And yet, yeah, he, he is very good when he wants to. Just be, keep looking at the other. Just always. keep looking at the horizon, skeleton. Just keep looking at the horizon. <laughs> Don't give him a rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> A bit of literature creeping into the bloodandbud.com yep. podcast. Would you believe it? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was that. Um, I thought of one. Uh, to Henry Paul uh, is, is a verb. Classic. Henry yes. Paul. Uh, quick and decisive removal. <laughs> which yeah. uh, Mr. Jones is very keen on, on Henry Pauling he players. Mm. But for a topical one here, quick and decisive removal. Try as they might, the Labour Party simply cannot Henry Paul Corbyn from the leadership oh, this cool. week. That is, I mean, that is very topical. However, by the time this thing goes out, it could be very, very out God of date. Knows. Yes. <laughs> Let's do a couple more from the lexicon, shall we? That's uh, Welsh region. A verb <laughs> to fail to make a profit. So here we go. Yes. Not only did you end up arguing amongst yourselves, you took my money and bloody Welsh region did all over the bloody show. You're fired, Alan Sugar, The Apprentice. <laughs> that was a. a... A solid six out of ten sugar. Thank you very much. And I've not said before, Alexcon Haskell. (laughs) Noun, a troublesome condition or presence that simply will not go away. For example, I've had this Haskell of a flu bug for weeks. (laughs) That is more true now than it has has ever been in my world. Yes, in my world. (laughs) Speaking of which, let's talk about England. Let's do that. John Inverdalet. Um, yeah, so 3-0 then Yeah, you know, I feel, this might seem lazy, right But I think analysing it will just simply ruin it <laughs> It definitely will Because I think on closer inspection It's perhaps Built on sand, slightly as, Maybe a little bit, yeah I mean, You can't. You shouldn't concede 41 points in any game, should you? No, you shouldn't um, I, It was, however like I think there's very little doubt that England were not as good as they were the week before or the week before that. And I think you, know. you could predict that leading into it. I predicted they'd lose this game actually, they'd lose five points. Because I expected Australia to score yeah. as much as they did but not for England to score as much as they did. That was the, which I suppose is yes, the archetypal yeah. it, it's, losing. You know, but you know what I'm saying in the specific yeah. context. No, it sort of felt like that kind of end of season game, didn't it? It, it was like nobody was really that bothered about defending like if England's defence was a lot worse than it was the previous week, and if Australia hadn't also decided to just completely not bother defending, I think you're right, they probably would have lost. But as um, you... it was a, a real testament to Eddie Jones's strength as a coach, though, which, I mean, we've discussed it before, but this sort of notion that he is not in any way tied to any decision that oh, even yeah. he's made, and he will just go like... I, what yeah, was going wrong was with Harrison? Idea. I still don't really know. 
I did, I, was it was it just the breakdown wasn't quite as as he wanted it? That's the feeling I got. I, th- I think that was, yeah, I think that was probably it. There was a sense that he wasn't he was slightly perhaps overawed by playing a, a full intensity test match, combined with yeah he was getting a bit bossed by the Aussie back row on the floor, and so they just decided to impose yeah. the just bring on an even bigger lad yeah yeah I mean they say the defence much and the attack I can't work out the attack was any better or it was simply that that try Anthony Watson's kick on for the try for Mike Brown was pretty nice I thought it was a bit more variation from that point of view hmm. I still think there's some yeah. I think it's hard I'm not doing down the achievement right 3-0 in Australia is fucking incredible no, but they're no. tougher tests to come, I think. Um, oh, absolutely. I I think there was some massive, like strokes of luck as far as England went in that test. Like the whole yes. spider cam thing. Like, how the hell? Like, World Rugby need to convene tomorrow, and make sure that that doesn't happen again, because like that had a a serious bearing on the game. Like Nigel Owens can say, "Oh, it affects both teams the same," but like yeah. that's demonstrably not true. And I can, I have a lot of sympathy with Michael Checker being absolutely fuming about that because, like, if you've when you're playing, if you're retreating to cover a kick and you're watching the trajectory of it, and then all of a sudden it bounces back towards the team that have just kicked it, and you're not only flat-footed and probably running in the wrong direction, but you've given the attacking team a huge load of space to no. attack into. No. Like, that's that's not fair. <laughs> at all and the fact that England scored a try off that passage of play kind of makes it all the more ridiculous like so yeah that that I think they just need to say let's make sure that never happens again yeah because it, it will hit it like will hit the camera a free again, kick or a scrum it? it's just you can't but you have to say well, what we're going to do it's like if it hits yeah, the ref and it's sorry stop yeah scrum down scrum down for where the yeah, ball hit the, the floor game, or something free kick or scrum and yeah or from you know where the original the kicking team was originally kicking it from to, to sort of Remove any. Can't just be play on, yeah. Because they're treating it like not just well, they're treating it like a post, and it's not yeah, that, is it's it? Not <laughs> it's not that it's at all. Camera. It's definitely not part of the it's playing just... area, is it? No, it's an artificial thing that is put in there to, you know, make the viewing experience more interesting, and that shouldn't in any way infringe on the way the game is played. And it's remarkable; it's never really happened before. Well, it, I think it probably won't happen again for dozens and dozens of games. But there's no, no. reason why not to just say, well. Just yeah, okay. We'll just amend that rule to say scrum down if it happens again, because it is yeah, you know, probability-wise, it's highly unlikely it's going to happen. It is, it's not a big thing doing the ball flying through the air at all different angles. Um, Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think autumn internationals are going to be interesting. I think because are we going to play in New Zealand in the autumn? They usually are. They must be. So I think that's that's the one that we're all looking forward to and see if anything changes and makes any difference there. But generally speaking, I think. I think uh, Gavin Myers in the Telegraph, he was sort of giving his thing on the series and he probably had a fair assessment of it, which is that it's a massive achievement, like Mm. huge. Probably like the biggest achievement in English rugby since they reached the World Cup final in 2007. Yeah. Like, but you've got to be real about it and you've got to say that, yes, they won a slam, but it was the worst Six Nations in years and they've beaten an Australia team missing all of its overseas players who were massively overachieving at the World Cup. And that's not to say that isn't massively significant and impressive, but the All Blacks were busy demonstrating an hour or so before in Dunedin um, the summit that they're trying to reach. 
is another My last thought on it right is now. nobody can ever, ever accuse me of being overly excitable about England. People often accuse me of being <laughs> far too pessimistic about England. I've always made the point I'm not a fucking cheerleader. That's not what my job is. Of course not. And I've never stood behind that get behind the boys bollocks anyway. You know, I hate it mm. all. Basically, my job is to try and call what I think the, <laughs> how I think the game went. But I will say, and I've said it before, yeah. I'll say it again, I'm more hopeful than I've been for a while. I am not saying we're going to be world champions or anything like that, but I am more hopeful than I've been for a while because I feel that there's a manager in place and some structures in place that can who I've got some confidence in. But I do reserve the points like you are that it's been a nice seven months for Jones. He had nothing to lose. He could build it up from nothing. Yeah. You know, nobody expected much of him. Really, no, you know. Exactly. But that's all gonna change from the autumn onwards. They'll be expected to win yeah, every game in the autumn now. <clears throat> yeah. And and I think England have, have firmly established that they are now the team to beat in the north and that comes with its own pressures and its own expectations and then the next step of course is is putting the foundations for when yeah. things do go wrong and when they do you know if they do lose to the All Blacks in the autumn if they do you know not have as good a Six Nations as they did this year you know it's it's adding that extra mm-hmm. element and that foundation that can see them through to being you know two cha- there's no reason why they shouldn't be challenging to win the World Cup in 2019 no. to be honest with you well, there's enough, there's enough well, time between I mean, now and then, there's, there's, and there's enough resources if you get it right to do it. So it's not it's not a pipe dream like, well, if everything <clears> just comes together and we get a couple of decent players coming through, the resource there. That's the, th- yeah, that's the thing for me. It's like I, I thought people are sort of raising eyebrows when Eddie Jones said that he didn't have five world class players in his squad. Unlike that might be a motivational mm. tactic for him. Don't get me wrong, because he's that kind of coach. But you look at it and you think, yeah. Like fair enough, he might have something of a point there. There aren't that many players in that England squad that I would say are gold standard, world class, best of their crop kind of guys. I mean, you've yeah. got Farrell, Itoji, you've got Hartley, Itoji. Sure, maybe on the form he's been in this year. Maybe, yeah, but um, maybe Dan Cole on the form that he's been this year as well. Uh, Mako Mako again it's the form if he continues playing like he's playing yeah exactly I think it's the same with with quite a few of them but you look at sort of the back line and you look at yeah Ben Young's and the the fly hot and you know George Ford could be outstanding but could could be be utterly shit 10 minutes later as well you never know yeah you know Jonathan Jonathan Joseph Joseph. if he can start scoring tries again Joseph it would be yeah you know, because he's been defending brilliantly. If he can start going tries again, he'd be back yeah. to being exactly. the way he should be. Oh well, Brown, Noel, Watson. You look at them and you think, well, yeah, there are a lot of very good players. And there's talent so, coming through. That are, you know, Henry Slade, Elliot Daly. <laughs> that is the next the, the next step for me. Is is can he sprinkle that? Can he, he unearth some genuine world class, particularly in the back line? Yeah, some genuine world class t- talent there. Regardless of Harrison and regardless of Haskell's performance. Uh, uh, I can't even remember myself saying the words <laughs> the award that he got but we've still got a problem at seven I don't care what anybody yeah. says you know Haskell's not going to be the guy to take you through to the World Cup as a seven I don't no, believe I think they've managed to offset a sort of deficit in proper elite top level talent through like belief effort and a lot of players being in very good form and in good fitness but, and good fitness well they yeah, must be at least 127% fitter now 
because he's had them <laughs> since least, January now. Maybe, he, maybe they were 30% fitter in a fortnight. So imagine what they yeah. must be like now. Uh, maybe even 130. So that, that obviously won't last forever. No. So, Law yeah, diminishing returns says. Absolutely. You, know, you can't keep being 100% fitter. It just can't happen. <laughs> no. And you joke about this, but you look at Wales, and we'll talk about Wales in a minute, and you said Wales were the fittest team in world rugby for four or five years. And in the last five or six months, they've gone off a fucking cliff. And you just got to think, have they burnt themselves out through... Um... I think a lot was made about Wales being tired. But let's let's move on to Wales. A lot of was made about mm. Wales being tired this weekend. England didn't look tired, and Ireland looked tired, but not as tired as Wales. But having said that, it's much harder to look not tired when you play in the All Blacks. You know, <laughs> a lot of teams, the, the All Blacks at this stage of their season as well in New Zealand would look very mm. tired. If Ireland and England had mm. gone on this tour this time. The results would have been the same. England wouldn't have beaten the All Blacks this time. They wouldn't have done. I mean, it might not have no. been quite as bad as the third test against Wales. They might have been. Yeah. They would have been. But the result would have been the yeah. same. I, I firmly believe yeah. that. So, um, you know, yes. Well, go on. I'll let you have a view on Wales. Go on. Well, I mean, yeah. There's been a lot of. Uh, part of me was watching this and thinking, ah, this is how I was expecting this yes. tour to go, like three weeks ago. I mean, like they, ha- I, I do think that fatigue was a factor purely because, like, they've looked like they were hitting that wall, like progressively earlier, with each. And Tal Lupe looked knackered this week. You know that's of... a bad sign. He just, yeah, looked, he was, it was a ghost of exactly. himself. Like, I mean, you look at that sixty-six percent tackle ratio for a Wales team is unbelievably. I mean, a test level full stop. But particularly for a Sean Edwards Wales team, I mean yes. that is scandalous, really. Incredible. Like apart, yeah. A part of that was the All Blacks because they were incredibly good at targeting knackered front row forwards in the line and making yeah. them look stupid. But I mean, I can't like. It's worth remembering that like the, the vast majority of this squad started their season a year and a month yeah. ago, and they haven't stopped like. That and it was with a classic high altitude conditioning camp in Switzerland, and like Gatland obviously very heavily believes in this notion of getting of like conditioning players so that they hit peak fitness and endurance at the right time, which this time was mm. obviously the World Cup. And I, you've got to wonder, like all this sort of high intensity conditioning stuff to try and get them into peak mid-season form in November or so September, almost, you know there's a finite amount of gas mm. in the tank and it's hard not to feel like Wales have kind of been paying the price for that since the Six Nations really they've looked they looked knackered in the Six Nations they were running out of puff and and Saturday was just the moment where I think combined with the fact that the All Blacks were themselves hitting their straps pretty impressively like they just looked like they had nothing left to give and they're just most of these like the spine of this team has been playing without a pause practically since the 2011 World Cup and you say like England didn't look that knackered but the likes of Hartley, Cruis, Itoje I mean even Haskell and Noel they they didn't play that much during the no, World it's Cup true. they were basically either watching at home or they were sitting on the bench and I, I do think that has contributed in making England have a little bit more energy at this time of year because there was that obviously post World Cup upheaval 
We got a message on Twitter from a guy who calls himself Good Grief, but his his, his handle is at Peter Swans. I'm assuming he's called Peter Swan. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said, he said, this weekend, uh, Wales are like the kid who fell into the gorilla enclosure. <laughs> the other yeah. way. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people have taken this whole thing as some kind of proof that now that Rob Howley and Robbie McBride have like controversially had their contracts renewed, that Wales are instantly. Would you have renewed the contracts? I'll come on to this. <laughs> But yeah, um, like oh, okay. People have been saying, "Oh, they've reverted back to Gatlin Ball now. They've got new con- contracts." Like, I mean, even as a paranoid, cynical Wales fan, that is some tin foil hat shit to me. But um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I think it's just easier silly. to play crash ball when you're knackered than it is to throw the ball around. Like, and it and and you can't change overnight. Yeah, exactly. What was noticeable at that time when you were in the 22 for so long and you could have scored and everyone was just running, it was exactly. like Australia all that... over again. And I think it's one, because you were t- as you say, they were tired. Two, they were probably just desperate to score yeah. to make themselves feel uh, better. And three, it's this is, this is a process. Exactly. I was it's really impressed, actually. Um, Martin Phillips, the new WRU CEO, formerly of B&Q, weirdly, um, did a, a really good interview with um, Simon Thomas on Wales Online this week. And he basically went into because yeah. people have been absolutely slating um, Howley and McBride getting new contracts. And honestly, like if you'd have asked me at the start of the tour, I would have said no. But given the progress that Wales have shown in those first two tests, I kind of feel like more so Howley than McBride that he's at least shown that there's something there. And it was interesting because in that that interview, Martin Phillips basically said that they had this like World Cup review thing and it was decided between the coaches and the WRU that Gatlin Ball was no longer good enough to work for Wales and that something Mm. more dynamic and expressive was actually like it had to be implemented and so they said you know can your current coaches do it if not you can get a shot of them or or else basically yeah and like he was pretty candid that like the players have been struggling to change that mindset and were str- and were really struggling with it, with it in the Six Nations. Like they've been playing that Gatlin ball thing for at least four years now, and like particularly under the pressure of a game environment, I think you can see that like when the chips are down, they've often reverted to that sort of crash ball type. But like you say, it's a process, and I'm I'm sure that people were probably expecting me after how vociferously I criticised Howley and McBride and company to be fuming about it but I'm alright with it like yeah. yes the public are not like the Welsh public are not exactly happy about it but if there's one so, thing so that the seven days so, has shown me it's perhaps public opinion in Wales yeah. is not to be and trusted so, you know? so what else is new in the Welsh public yeah. anyway yeah so New Zealand won a tour New Zealand won a, a, against a touring side at home convincingly since when was that news yeah exactly it's Kelsey, like people are losing their shit over it and it's like honestly I think the the positives will outweigh the negatives when we look back on this in a year's time. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, uh, but that's to, what to has step to away, happen. They have to show that to they step can. away from international rugby just for a second. Uh, mm. Did you see the Toulon game on Friday? I did. Yes. Did you notice they lost to a team with fourteen men? <laughs> did you did, notice yes. that it wasn't just any man they lost? Rassing, they lost their best player. Mm. Did you notice how and funny yet, that somehow, was? It was genuinely <laughs> hilarious, and I, I yeah, I, I, I still, I was watching that game. And I was genuinely staggered as to how, and not not just the the 
Rassing were holding out, but Rassing were properly taking the game to them. They were, yeah, um, in the last 20 minutes. You would never have guessed. You would no, have... it was bizarre. And uh, that's four and... cups on the bounce for Christmas, Zoe. Fuck me. Four yeah, cups on the bounce. I did, I must be honest, I did get a little bit glassy eyed <laughs> when he was wandering around with Jenny Collins' daughter oh. post. Uh, yeah. It was an emotional day, Monday. Friday, though, for all of us. <laughs> Generally speaking, yeah, I was, I was, I was quite <laughs> tired and emotional at that point, anyway. But uh, yeah, so that was great. Yeah, it was, it was lovely. Let's face it. Although the Bullshit de Brunus or whatever it is, is the most ungainly sporting trophy I could possibly. There was a bit where Sarzeski was like trying to run with it, and he looked uh, partly because of his haircut, but he looked like he was about to go bodyboarding. He was sort of sprinting, holding this giant fucking thing, and he just looked like he was about to dive into some but surf. Trophies anyway. are just getting bigger and bigger, aren't they? Yeah, it is, the it is like it's, it's not even a trophy. It's it is the razor blades of the sporting world, isn't it? The yes. rugby trophies. You know, we'll just put more fucking blades on it. We'll just mm. make it bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, so that was really good fun, anyway. So we did see that it was a good game as well. Actually, yeah, it was thought. really enjoyable. Uh, come back. To, let's come back to Instagram then. South Africa yes. versus Ireland. Um, oh, that was a heartbreaker, that wasn't it? I mean, if I'm an Ireland fan, I'm not sure that how you'd look back at this tour really, because on the one hand, like nobody gave him a fucking hope in hell no. before the series season. So, like that comical injury list. Yeah, the next per- the next their... person on the plane was Shane McGowan, I think, if they had an injury. Yeah, exactly. or Bono. <laughs> exactly. that was... Yeah, it's the edge, and Adam Clayton. Um, <laughs> But like so, from that regard, like winning their first test on South African soil, massive, huge achievement. And on the flip well, side, they'll know they should have won it, won't they? That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, that Bok team was absolutely there for the taking, and they absolutely positively should have won the series. Like they'll never get a better chance to win a series in South Africa, I mean, or probably in the Southern Hemisphere. The injury list was stop. so bad that Joe Smith actually selected Matt Healy. Which for Joe yes. Schmidt must feel a bit like shitting in his own hands. He hates him so much. <laughs> he basically had a, he must have had a gun to his head. He must have done because for shit. whatever reason he obviously can't stand it. Andy Farrell was sitting there with a the revolver <laughs> saying, Joe, Joe. Yeah. You can't pick Luke Fitzgerald, he's about to retire. Um so yeah. On the flip side, yeah, they, they absolutely they will never get a better shot, I don't think, to win down south. Certainly not a series like that. Springbok team was so bad in so many areas of the game, and yeah, just I don't I don't know how they'll they'll feel about that in a year or two's time. You know, um, like I mean, even if like if they scored like another try or kicked a few more penalties, like it could have been such a different result, but. Like last week they threw that game away in some style, but this week I don't know. Like even though they had like loads of chances to win it, and they really put that Springbok defence under pressure, I I never really felt like they were actually going to win the damn thing. And like even if they scored no. another try, like at some point, I just always got that vibe that South Africa, they probably had a bit more in the tank, and they probably could have kicked into that gear that they kicked into at the end of the second test if things got rough again. It's not like they were like toying with them so much as like Ireland were clearly running on empty and it just felt like the box were just sort of keeping them at arm's length stool bully style waiting like not really trying to take any risks until such a time as they won it was a bit boring but yeah it's all more grist 
to the mill for a global season for me because I don't think anybody is very well served by tours when one team or the other one's knackered. Mm. I know England have just won. I'm not saying that, you know, but the point is, is that I just don't think it was very well served by this. And the Autumn Internationals are. It's hard to feel like you've achieved a great deal if you win a game in the Autumn. Yeah. And that sounds ridiculous, but you know what I mean? In the great context of things, it, it, it doesn't feel that good but yeah I felt very very sorry for Ireland I think they gave pretty much everything um, it wasn't for it, it, they could have done it at the end it, was, it wasn't for a couple of poorly executed passes really but again yeah. they just look knackered it's very hard to be creative and get your alignment right when you're fucking tired yeah. which is what they probably were and I think you know the forwards have been such a key to them doing anything on this tour like the effort and intensity that the likes of Heaslip and Toner and Henderson and Best have brought, yeah. especially after such a long season, it's really superb but like they're just lacking a back line I think a little bit like I think all the Northern Hemisphere teams really can come away from this summer and just look at it and think you know we haven't got the creativity to score tr- and the ability to score tries that the All Blacks or no. Australia or Argentina have, you know it's there's a real need for some dynamism and some stardust in there across the whole fucking, you know, across the British Isles, to be honest. And I think the good news is that if you look at, if you made a composite of a lot of the players, mm. which we're about to do now, let's do the teams of the tours. Oh, yeah. Let's do, let's do the team of the tours. So if you made a composite of the players, if you look at, I don't like doing British Lions talk this far out. No. But you know what I mean? There's, there's enough creativity in there, I think. Should we talk right. about Scotland before we do the team of the tour? Oh, you did with Scotland then. Yes. I wasn't going to talk about Scotland, other than the fact that Japan scored a nice try against them. <laughs> but you can talk about Scotland. Um, I just think... I, I, I kind of got a bit annoyed about Scotland this week because I saw so much, like, a win's a win mentality and sort of platitudes going on. Yeah. You know, at least they won both tests, you know, could have easily lost both of them. And, like... <laughs> We've talked so much in the last six months about how Scotland are supposed to have changed under Big Vern and how they're a different team, a deeper team. You know, a team that could potentially win the Six Nations in a few years' time. Yeah. And yet here they are barely scraping a series win against a Japan well, with a full-strength team. like Against Japan without one. Yeah, exactly. Like, and we, and we, when we did the preview, we said, didn't we, that nothing other than two convincing wins would be satisfactory, or shouldn't be yeah. satisfactory for Scotland. So... That is disappointing because yeah. that is what they should have expected. Yeah, they they didn't score a try against fifteen men in the first test, and they didn't try, score a try at all in the second test, with a, a pretty much full strength backline. And if not for Greg Laidlaw's boot, they could very well have lost that second test. They would have lost that test, I think. And, and they like, didn't look like they were going to be doing that at all, did they? No. This is the thing I can't figure it out. Why did the they? Well, I don't know why I can't figure it out because it's the endless story where they have these slightly promising green shoots. And then basically somebody turns up with a rotavator and smashes the way through it, and then they start all over again. Yeah, and that's kind of what... If it sounds like I'm being over-harsh with them. It's because, like, they can't keep accepting. Like, you don't win... Like, you don't learn anything by scraping a sort of scrappy win against inferior opposition, because, like, that's not how you get better. It's like we were... You know, it's the same as momentum, you know. A win doesn't actually give you anything. Like it doesn't give you a fucking power up like it's some fucking computer game. <laughs> and and the momentum doesn't give you, you know, make you feel seven feet tall. It's just they're just things that media people invent. The actual thing is fifteen blokes on the field and like are they have they learnt anything from like being shit against Japan for two weeks? Like 
let's not forget they're coached by Mark Hammett, who's basically doing it to keep himself busy between Sunwolves' losses at the moment. Yes, and like, <laughs> what a job description that is! <laughs> exactly, like it's not giving. What's Vern Cotter got to work with? Like he's got no depth to speak of in the front row or the halfbacks, and they. But they should play better than that, though. Yeah. It's fucking our half a Japan team. I know, and they've talked about... Depth like, or no depth, it should be better than that. Yeah, humidity and fatigue they've been talking about, and it's like, for God's sake, like a team of Scotland's talent should not... Sounds like Lynx brands, <laughs> Lynx flavours. Java, Okus, Humidity, fatigue, momentum. <laughs> oh, we, we should start our own uh, Blood and Mud podcast male grooming <laughs> line. <laughs> Dove, blood plus men plus care. <laughs> Yeah. Trademark that shit, but yeah. So, so I I was just very frustrated to see, not all Scottish fans obviously, now, but a number of Scottish fans just going, oh well, wins a win, you know. And it's that's well, not we have we, we have quite a Scottish following, a vocal Scottish following out there. We I'm do. sure they might have an opinion on this. So let us know at Blood and Mud or at Josh Gardner. You've Are you happy one. with this shit? Are that's you happy what... with this? Because if we were Scottish, we wouldn't be. Then no. again, you did vote Remain, so mm, you know exactly. What are you do? So fair play to you. <laughs> right. Uh, so let's talk then. about team of the tours. Right. So. Um, let's start with the fullback mm. of the. So what we said was, with all the t- the teams that went on tour, uh, we would try and pull together a kind of of the British teams, a kind of teams. It's not a British Lions selection. No, I, I I hasten to add, it's not a British Lions selection. It's just simply people who played quite well this tour. So yes. fullback for me was Liam Williams. Uh, same actually, yeah. Um, he might have only uh, only started one test at fullback, but like, was anybody else yeah. any good at fifteen? No. And like, he and he looked like, even on the wing, he was a oh, kind of playable at times. He was golden, ridiculous, twinkling, bow-legged nugget in the river of effluent <laughs> that Wales became towards the end of the game. Yes, one wing I've got. I've got Andrew Trimble. So have I. Weirdly, like how wow. it, like he did not make Ireland's World Cup squad. Remember that? No, I know. Was Tommy Bow fit? Uh, maybe because he's normally behind Tommy Bow, isn't he? That's yeah. the thing. It's Tommy. If Tommy Bow is fit, that's that wing sorted. Mm. So basically, that's not why to he's make never the squad when fucking Dave Carney did. Oh, no. Dave Carney, man, the the baffled puffin. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> but like, he's unreal. He's looked like constantly threatening. Like he might, like whenever he gets the ball, you just think he might go the length of the field, and like, and his defense. And he's kind of clever. Well. He mm. runs cleverly. He's, he feels. He seems like he's got time and sense. Uh, it's not he doesn't like, seem like a baffled puffin. I don't no, know. I don't know, I don't know how else I can like put one it. One of the most underrated players in world rugby, to be honest, because he's yeah. never really got any kind of kudos, but he constantly looks like a threat, and not many wingers in the Northern Hemisphere do at the moment. Other wing for me, controversial selection perhaps, is George North. <laughs> We're weirdly on the same page with this. Yeah, I mean, because who else are you going to pick? Like Anthony Watson, maybe he, he, he was, was solid he was, and all right. He was quiet, and Jack Noel was workmanlike, and like even though, like every yeah. time you look, like it was what seventy minutes he lasted in that first test, but he was an absolute yeah, he was terror by far time. and away. He was a reminder of what he is, yeah, and well, how very good he is. Yeah, even I mean, if he only he only played because who else are you going to pick? Keith Earls, <laughs> fucking come man. on, exactly. I mean, they had to hook Julian Severe at half time because he was. Having such yeah, a and he sat Julian Surveyor. This year, Leaving Certificate students have new choices via the CAO. Whether you're going straight into the world of work or exploring routes to third level, further education and training and apprenticeships offer you flexible, hands-on learning opportunities. The future is full of possibilities. 
Whatever your ambition, further education and training and apprenticeships can help take you there. Your future is what you make it. Learn more at cao.ie forward slash options. This is an initiative of the Government of Ireland. There's good birthday surprises, like when your friends throw you a party. And bad ones, like realising you're so old you can't blow out all your candles in one go. At Phonewatch, we're celebrating 30 years of protecting Irish homes. And we've got a birthday surprise for you. For a very limited time, get a Phonewatch alarm installed for only €30. Euro. Yes, just €30. Euro. Offer ends November 30th, so order right away at phonewatch.ie. Monitoring fees apply. Get down, yeah. Yeah. And what more can you say? Yeah, I, I don't think the results would have been different, but I think the All Blacks might have had a much rougher time well, of it. Can I just stress, we haven't, we haven't conferred on we this really beforehand, this is very strange. listeners out there. We really haven't. <laughs> the two... Two two England centres I've gone for. Uh, same, yeah. I mean, how, how, how else do you Joseph. do? How else? Who else do you pick? Like, I mean, oh, well, even I, without that relativism, they were both pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the thirteen shirt has had any particular standout no. players on tour. Like John Davis has had his moments. Henshaw was all right, but got injured. Yeah, it's kind and of Joseph's just, just been solid, hasn't he? Yeah, he's I mean, solid. he's forgotten how to attack, or he's been stopped from doing that thing that he used to do that made him such an attacking threat but his defence was very excellent uh, scored that sort of opportunistic try in the first test mm-hmm. so yeah and then Farrell and, probably oh, best Farrell, player well, on tour that, from anywhere yeah that decision to whip Luther Burrell after 20 minutes seems to be the seminal key moment in the entire series I think yeah and, and arguably in, in Eddie Jones's England managerial career yeah uh, number 10 George Ford yeah, Paddy Jackson was was excellent in the first test, pretty poor after. Dan Bigger uh, continued his post-World Cup theme of being shite, so there can be only one, as Highlander once said. Yeah, and Ford, it was, his kicking out of hand was very good. His, yeah. kicking, his kicking out of hand at 11 o'clock on Saturday after watching Wales at 8.30 on Saturday was a demonstration of everything Dan Bigger wasn't doing. Yeah, in fact. And he's such a confidence player, and when he's in, when he has confidence, as he does right now, he's, he's such a talented, such a... Good yeah. player to watch. It, yeah. Scrum half Connor Murray. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, Is it you? You got that as well. Yes. Well, it's him or it's him or Ben Youngs, isn't it? And I just yeah. Ben Youngs wasn't better than Connor Murray on this. No. As I, much as Youngs was better than he has been, he wasn't as good as Connor Murray yeah. on this tour. I think, especially re- from the leadership point of view. Exactly. That's the thing for me. It was it was the the control from nine was superior, but also it was that proper leadership and the abrasiveness that he had. I think. Word for Reese Webb as well. He was superb in the first test, good in the second test, and then dog shit in the third. So yeah, that's why he fell away. But it, yeah. as you've we've said previously, it's not a bad selection. Looking at it next summer, no, definitely not. I keep doing the Lions when I don't want to. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you see, the, every time I think I'm out, they pull me mm. back in. It's, it's, uh, it's one of the most hateful things in modern rugby. Is the the light anyway? It is um, just the easiest thing to trot out once a week, isn't it? I've got I some inches to fill. Let's do a Lions team. <sighs> God, I anyway, and they're all fucking Haskells in them all this week as well. But anyway, <laughs> as if he's going to get in about ahead of Sam Warburton. Fucking grow up. The, uh, the right. So I remember before the year before the two thousand in two thousand twelve. At the six and eight, at this point, they were trotting out the Lions tours, and Chris Robshaw was Lions captain and number seven, and he didn't even make the fucking play. <laughs> so for God's sake, please stop doing it. Yeah. Anyway, front, front row, row is all England. Yep. It would be hard not to. Hard not it, really? to. Um, Tad Furlong, I thought, was very good at tight head. As yeah. A, as an honourable mention. But um, other than that, yeah. Second yeah. row for me was Itoji and Ian Henderson. 
Uh, I went to Toji and Tona just because. Just because you can't believe he trans- looks like a decent rugby player yeah. all of a sudden. I'm just like it might, uh, this. Yeah, the 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 mild mannered beanpole transformed into physically dominant towering colossus. Just staggers. Who'd me. have thought that our only points of divergence at this stage would be Devin Tona? <laughs> you couldn't have predicted that a couple of weeks ago, no, could you? You certainly couldn't. Uh, seven. Seven. No, you're gonna make me say it, aren't you? I have. Yeah, yes, I'm I have picked so. James Haskell at seven. In fact, I've picked That's the whole me. England back row. Actually, um, I picked uh, Haskell, Rob Shaw, and uh, Falato. I didn't pick Falato because he was so poor in that third test. He was very bad, but he was so good in this. He was, yeah. Tests. I actually made a point and I wrote about this, and I did actually say that it would have been him quite easily because he was astonishing for two tests, but then just kind of disappeared. Shout out to Reese Rodak a seven for Ireland as well, who I thought probably had some of his best games that I've ever seen him play for Ireland this tour yeah. as well. And I think Ross Moriarty's come out with his reputation enhanced. Massively so, yeah. I I think that could be a definite option for Wales going forward. Uh let's do the shit good ratings, or let's do the shit bits let's. of the shit good ratings, then we'll do the cuff yes. please on fifteen. Mm, indeed. Um so for my first shit then. Argentina. Mm. What the fuck happened there? Police song got dropped. Like, yes, but like we've got used to watching El Jaguares veer from the sublime to the ridiculous, but like clearly uh, Los Pumas have become infected by their disease. Because how the hell do you lose 27 0 at home to Guino versus Clown Car France? Because like, they dropped Police on. I know. So it's I not hard to figure out, but yeah, that is ridiculous. <laughs> How can you not score a try against that shower? I'm genuinely. It's just France shorn of all of their bloody players as well, don't forget. Like that. Uh, oh, yeah, baffled. Absent. So it's hard to predict what they're going to be like in the autumn, isn't it? No, I genuinely don't Scotland know must be licking the lips because they're playing them. Yeah, I'm, I'm very confused because let's not forget they beat Argentina. Uh, they beat France quite comfortably the week before. I mean, it was Captain Police on France. Don't get me wrong, which might be the most weird and insane of all the Frances, but yeah, very odd. Shit for me was the John Davis great grubber kicking jamboree. Yeah, I mean, I had the entire Welsh midfield <laughs> in the just like they've been such a good partnership for Wales, but you look at whatever this Wales three point or whatever this is of Gatland's <laughs> fucking iterations. And like the tackles that they've missed on tour, and the way that they've struggled to get like outside, they they it's time for a bit of pace in that midfield. I think they've got to start making outside breaks. Yes, off that thirteen channel, and because that's how modern rugby works. And I don't like, I can't, I don't, I, I don't even know if John yeah. Davis is up to it, but I certainly yeah. know that Jamie Roberts isn't. And doing a shit grubber kick through the line doesn't count as breaking the game line, Jonathan. I'm no, afraid. It, it genuinely doesn't. He needs to clamp that shit down very soon yeah um, other shits for me Hallam Amos again I don't want to keep shitting on him but <laughs> he just keeps getting burned out wide and he keeps missing tackles and like it's just getting ugly now like it's even worse he just he... reminds us how wrong we were about it all as well but there you I go no it's like I really hope he can go away and sort out his defence and fulfil his potential at test level, but at the moment he just needs to go back to the Dragons and not be seen in a Welsh shirt for a while because he's clearly not ready. He's making Cuthbert look like Jamie Roberts at the moment in terms of defence. That is quite an achievement, isn't it? Making Cuthbert it look really good. Is. Really That's is. some relative shit right there. Um, mm. Did you see Matt Dawson on Twitter? 
I try to avoid it at all costs. If I'm honest. Um, so from a shit point of view, right now, this is actually some sympathy with my old Bet Noir Haskell, right? Mm. Apparently, Matt Dawson had a Man of the Series poll, something to do with his radio mm-hmm. show, and Haskell wasn't in it. Which, even with all my bias, I know that that oh, is nonsense. ridiculous, right? That's absurd. So yes. Chloe Madeley, girlfriend of James Haskell, retweeted <laughs> no. to say this is absolutely ridiculous, and Matt Dawson basically climbed and climbed to an yet a higher level of the great pagoda of twattery that he lives in <laughs> by saying. Uh, oh, thanks for your input, wag. And it was like, oh yeah, so she's a girlfriend and she's a woman, therefore you can her do that. Then of course, valid. he did that brilliant yeah. thing that people do, where he got a load of shit for how completely out of order he was being, and he was like, mm. oh, there's obviously no no other news to worry about today, is there? Because you know that <laughs> classic, you know, why are you all getting yourself all so worked up about this? Because you're a fucking tube. That's why, oh. Matt Dawson. Yes, I mean. I once, <laughs> back in the early days of Face Group, I jokingly created a uh, Facebook group called Matt Dawson is a Wanker, um, which which subtle, was just subtle stuff. Was mainly a joke between Sat- me high and level like, satire. That is, it was it was properly it was subtle stuff, <laughs> but um, it was mainly a joke between me and my English housemates because I was just amazed that they all hated him just as much as I did. <laughs> oh, it's universal. Um, it's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So um, but then, about seven years later, I got um, an email from Facebook saying that the group had been shut down for um, inciting hate speech, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I hadn't, looked, I hadn't posted on it for about you know seven years, and I was just incredibly amused. That, That's that not inciting hate speech. It was. It was. If you yeah, said was he was, if, it, if you said he was a bald white wanker, then that would be an inciting hate well, speech. Well, exactly. But... Yeah. I mean, I was just stating fact as far as I'm concerned. It's all opinion. But <laughs> yeah, it, that that still to this day makes me chuckle. He's an um, absolute pumper. Anyway, go on. He really is. Anyway, uh, more shit. Nick Phipps. Um, wow. How is he the best <laughs> Australian scrum half out there? Like dreadful decisions, dreadful service, dreadful kicking makes Ben Young's look like a good international nine. Like, can you imagine such a thing? I, I, yeah. He's awful. He's spectacularly bad. Other shit for me. Keith Earls. Is he yeah. losing weight? Because <laughs> to just, me, he, he looks seems... increasingly like an, an extra from a crowd scene in Angela's Ashes. He's like this thin, <laughs> emaciated, shabby-headed lad out on the wing, like he's suddenly wandered in from a, from a sort of consumption sanatorium by accident. <laughs> No, he's not looking exactly bulky, no. is he, at the moment? It's very bizarre. He's really not very good. I don't get it. He's really... He was a bolter the for the Lions a few years ago, wasn't he? He did look very he, good. He was on the, he was on yes, the Lions I mean, yeah, he was. He in went 2009. On, he? Yeah. Like, that's... When I heard... like I was watching that game and they were like, ah, oh, yes, he played in this ground for the Lions. And I was like, shit, the bed. Keith Earls played for the That was when he consistently played 13, though. He's been on the wing a lot more, hasn't he? He's mm. a much better centre than a winger, I think, weirdly. But he... Yeah, I think so. And also just... He's just not that... He's Ireland's record World Cup try scorer, which is fucking batshit. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. Other shits for me... Dan Bigger. Yeah. Is there any big name player in the Northern Hemisphere who's had a worse tour than Dan Bigger? Like, from World Cup hero, he's pretty much like persona non grata for a lot of world rugby He wasn't fans. great in like, the Six Nations either, was he, really? No, he's just gone right off the cliff. Like, since the World Cup, pretty much, he's gone off the cliff for the Ospreys as well. Like, 
considering that like 12 months ago he was being regarded as potential Lions starting 10 yeah and now I would be very surprised if he even makes the squad I think he'll still make the squad when you look at when you look at it they're going to take Sexton bigger and I don't know Sexton Ford if he keeps playing like he is now they'll take Sexton Ford and and bigger and they'll they'll take Farrell as a cover for 12 I think as well so they'll take four fly yards with Farrell as a centre I think I think I know see you say that but I think um, oh shit the bed his name is completely fucking forgot uh, disappeared from my brain Scotland Flynn Russell I can mm. honestly see Finn Russell depends who's managing him I if, think he, depends who's managing him yeah. if it's Gatlin I can't see him fancying Finn Russell at all no but if it's Fern, I think Finn Russell George Ford and Johnny we've Sefton done it again three fly-offs. we're drisking into Lions ugh. talk stop it how have we done this sorry um, right yeah. the last shit for me so contact in the air decision making yeah what's that all about so the room hit it him. It makes no sense to me what's. And then it, one, the whole video thing. What's the difference between the neck and the top of the back and shoulders? <laughs> About three millimeters. And they said, apparently. they said, well, you were reckless, and then he landed on his back, so therefore it's only a yellow. It's like, yeah, but mm. if it's reckless, there's no way Larue can control how much rotation in the air there is. So no, you either give a red the for intent, the. Con- and I'm not saying you should have had a red, but I'm just saying. You either it has to be about the contact, not where he lands, because you can't control yeah, where he lands. Intent, not intent, not outcome. All the live long. And yet day, they spent ten like, minutes on a workout which exact part of his spinal column he landed on. I know, and and then the night, and let's not forget night before, in the Racing too long mm. game, red card for very similar thing, landed on his back of his. But there's no way whoever you connect in the air, it's accepted card. that once you connect with someone in the air, you can't control where they land. Because they're rotating the air. Yeah. Unless you catch That's them. That's why it's dangerous. So it's yeah. about, oh, I don't get it. It just, it's doing my head mm. in now. Yeah. Uh, good uh, no, let's do the Cuthbert Police on Team of the Year. Oh. And then we'll go on to good. Because while we're focusing on mm. rubbish things. Before, before we do go into the Cuthbert Police on Team of the Season, there has been, just before we came on air today, some important news regarding the current Cuthbert Cleason on All right. holders, the calamitous Newport Grant Dragons. The Challenge Cup draw was held today, of course. Right. And in that, the Dragons were drawn in the pool with Siberian team NCISTM. So the Cuthbert This Cleason is what we Cup wanted to happen. Well it could be way. going to Russia. I know. Yeah, we could be desperately trying to find out how to get results for the Russian League in a few months' time, which sounds like a fucking logistical nightmare for us. Let's set up some Google Alerts and get all kinds that's, of strange... Yeah, things coming through weird Cyrillic shit yes so that's quite exciting well watch this space next season so we always knew it might have somewhere mad didn't we yes I was was hoping I was secretly hoping for Romania but I'll take (laughs) Siberia (laughs) right so uh, yeah so let's Mm. have a look at the Cuthbert on the back of that colossal news let's have a look at Mm. the Cuthbert Dave James 78 got in touch on Twitter who said, I think it's time for the, Cuth- the Cuthbert Police on First 15 to be compiled. Dave says, no surprises who I want as coach. Do you remember who Dave is? Do you remember who Dave James is? I know exactly who Dave is. I can, I can hazard a guess at who you might Steve like. Steve Tandy. Uh, yes. He wants Steve Tandy as coach. But let's go through this then. Let's Now, I found this quite difficult. As we said, you found it a bit difficult. I surprisingly did. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. Let me... So there are some obvious outliers, but not for every position. Yeah, well, so. I mean, I think I think my I might be have been a bit unfair with mine or something, but I have to go. It's a relative thing for me. Fullback mm. for me is Willie Larue. 
I nearly went he's to Holyrood. Because looking back at the World Cup, he was shite in the World Cup, and he's been shite all through these yeah. tours. I've not seen a massive amount of Super Rugby in between, I'll be honest, but he's been shite every time I've seen him. Yeah, no, it's, given that he was once regarded as one of the most exciting attacking players in World Rugby, like a year ago, yeah, he's gone to absolute dog shit. I actually picked... Um, for nostalgia's sake, Warwick Gallant. Remember him? Why don't I remember Warwick Gallant? He was, he was uh, the Bulls player who was... He's actually had a perfectly fine season, but he belongs in this team for that glorious moment where he booted... Oh, God! <laughs> yes, of course! Oh, how could I forget Warwick Gallant? <laughs> oh. Kicking Bishop yep. Surfontaine up the arse. <laughs> That's a comedy Absolutely genius. Absolutely brilliant. And for that, that reason alone... Yeah. Fair enough, yes. I'm but out. both South yes. Africans, weirdly. Yeah, uh, weirdly. Obviously, one wing is Cuthbert because it has to be. Look, if your name's on the trophy, you're, you're going to be in the you? team. That's non-negotiable. The other wing for me, uh, Vakatawa. Ah, see, I went for uh, Silvere Tian, the Oyanar winger, who um, earned more headlines at the age of 35 for abusing Roman Poit than he ever did for anything he ever did on the field. Um, and then got banned for, what, 15 months? He said that Roman Poit was shit told him to piss off and then told him that he'd come and find him after the game which he then did also try to do um, and he got banned for 15 months meaning and at the age of 35 that's probably the last thing he's ever going to do on a rugby field like spectacular spectacular proper stupidity. proper mad as hell and not going to take it anymore <laughs> centres now I've cheated a bit with mm. one of my centres because I've said Shane Geraghty I've put him in ah, I've see, put him I in as be 12 See, I've put Ben Bottaker in as my 12. Well, yeah, so there you so. go. Crap. Fly halves in as 12s. Mm. Uh, my other one is, my other centre is is, is uh, the great curly-haired dancing creative colossus that is Billy Twelve Trees. I don't know why I didn't think of him, to be honest. <laughs> I, 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 For my 13, uh, you might not remember the name, but uh, I put in Sam Broster, the Macclesfield centre, who was banned for doing steroids and then said it was Bill Tong that did it. <laughs> Knob. Um... Yes, and Ben Botsker because like that that was probably the most Cuthbert police on moment of the whole season. Like that a fucking kick. That Followed by that kick. brilliant moment where Jamie yeah, Roberts mouth, what the fuck has he kicked it for? Or whatever it was, and he said yeah, he's... <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck did yeah, he do that I mean, for? Brilliant. That is like peak Cuthbert yes, police songs right there. Number ten, there's only one choice. El Capitan. El Capitan, captain and outside <laughs> half and dream weaver, Jules Pleasel, yeah. who, it's been an exceptional season for him because he's managed to ruin two teams. Mm. He's managed to ruin France and Stade Francais. And Stade Francais. It's, it's, I doff my beret to you, Jules. <laughs> I get his feeling that Jules' beret might be a slightly eccentric, you know, sort of weird. Some kind of cubist pattern. Patterns. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Scrum off, who have you got? Nine. Uh, I got Sebastian Bezzi. Yeah, fucked um, Not, not, con- uh, yeah, not content with being one of a series of um, the Toulouse. Toulouse, nine. sorry. Uh, yeah, Guinovez, uh, one of that series of nines that Guinovez threw against the Test rugby wall in the hope of something not being shit. <laughs> um, and he was dreadful. And then, of course, there was that moment. Um, in the Toulouse game against Breve where he had that awful charge down last second conversion to win the game from about six yards out um, yeah just a spectacularly bad moment for everybody concerned I think uh, 
Uh, honourable mention for Nick Phipps. Yeah, though, I've got Lee Dixon in me. there. He continues to yeah, achieve yeah. in the field of like slapping and flapping about and looking a bit too much like <laughs> David Cameron. <laughs> I've never thought that before, but you might have a point. Front props, I've got Tom Court, who exceeded uh, exceeded himself in the field of being absolutely diabolical all season. <laughs> I've gone for Joe Marler because I had Marler in there. I he mean, was one of my he was my other one, come on. but I've changed him. But go on, you had Marler, yeah. Uh, like I mean, we don't need to reel off no, all the racist no. or moronic things he's done to torpedo his career this season. But like, if we're talking about true commitment to being awful in all facets of the game, like, and that is what the spirit of the Jules piece on trophy is, he's kind of he's he's hit all of those marks this year, isn't yeah. he? Um, hooker. hooker. I was struggling to think of a hooker. I'll be honest. Me too. I ended up falling down, which is probably slightly unfair on Rory Best because he hasn't had the best season in the world. But it's probably unfair. I, I feel for... bad having said that now. Yeah, I went for Ross Ford just because. Because <laughs> Ross Ford, yeah. Just because <laughs> because he's got ninety nine caps for his country, and he doesn't seem to have managed to learn how to do any of the aspects of the game that Hooker should be good at with any kind of consistency or proficiency. Like, that is, he's like a textbook example of a thoroughly mediocre player can chalk up nearly a century of caps just by having zero credits to but he looks great in the gym though he does he's a big lad good beard yeah. as well when he wants my to. other prop my other prop I think maybe simply because of the expectation to achievement problem is John Afoa mm. at Gloucester oh yeah. yeah how's that marquee actually. signing doing for you mm. it's not really he's one of the best paid players in the league yes he is and he was brilliant for Ulster yeah it's not and yet yeah. poo Mm. Who's yours? Uh, I had uh, went slightly left field again. Um, I went for Cipriano Martinez, the uh, Argentine rugby player who got banned for twenty nine years. For yeah, an opposition that is a very, very, very good shout. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably one of the most unpleasant things I've ever seen on a rugby field, to be honest. Um, and yes, you've had a Mox, minute, going back to Gloucester for me, um, Jeremy Thrush. Oh, ah, yes, he good was flop and all after the big, big announcement. Yes. He was dreadful. Um, this is niche, but I went for Marcelino uh, Paulino, the Scarlet's uh, Fijian international, who is just a spectacular liability. <laughs> he's made 11 appearances this season, almost all of them off the bench, and yet in spite of that, he's got three yellow cards, two of them are in consecutive weeks, and a three-week ban for shithousery as well. Like, getting binned in more than a quarter of your games despite only playing for about half an hour, that is some impressive shit. That is Ujo the Lock. Um, I feel I feel like I've been a bit harsh here, but I was kind of struggling a little bit, so I sort of did that thing where somebody looks worse on the basis of the company he right. keeps. So I went for Luke Romano. Yeah, because he's a he's an all right player, he's a good player, but alongside like Brody Retallick, Kieran Reed, and those, he just looks so fucking average. Like I went for all black forwards are supposed to have a bit of like stardust about them, and he's just a big lad who can put it. I went for Andrew Coombs just because he's. Poo. See, I, I see exactly what you mean, but I would have felt bad about that given that he's retired today. Oh, was he? Oh, has he yes. what injury wise? Oh, yeah. oh no! <laughs> this is, this the, is blind, the blind this man is blind. all over again. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's the blind man all over again. Oh, it is. He's still rubbish. I mean, anyway, back yeah. row, blind side. I've gone for our friend, yes. the, the, the friendly neighbourhood psychopath that is Cola Lishvili from uh, from Claremont. Ah, see, I had him at seven because I was struggling with sevens. Um, yes, 
how can you pick anyone else but him? Yeah. What a moron. What a spectacular For that wonderful, moron. wonderful game where he pushed Wayne Barnes over and then yeah. got himself... No, they took him off before he was about to be sent off they to try to before kill people. He got, yeah. That was a wonderful yes. one, wasn't it? When he basically just shoved Wayne Barnes and Barnes kind of gently blew his whistle in disbelief, didn't he? And yes, and it was that thing where Wayne Barnes' desire to be mates with the players totally got yeah. in the way of him making the right decision because he was like, oh, I don't want to be a dick about it, but you did just show me. But I me. think he was so flabbergasted. Because like, no, he, he, he kind of turned around and looked at him and he was puzzled, Barnes, and went... Yeah. <laughs> If you need me to move, you just need me. You just you need to tell me. <laughs> yeah, was, you, know, you can't just push me out of the way. He was like totally baffled by the whole thing. It was remarkable. Yeah. Um, so my six then, because I stuck right. him at seven, uh, is Dan. Lydiot. I had Dan Lydia in, but then swapped it coalitionally for him. So yeah, I'm thinking yeah. on the right lines. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's just like average in the World Cup. Complete, repeatedly got on the wrong yeah. side of the refs for his tackling technique in the Six Nations. That's- yeah. And was made captain and then got injured almost instantly against England. It, like, that it thing looks he like... does, or whatever it is he did, isn't working anymore, is it? It's really not, is it? And I, I do think that Wales, part of Wales' defensive struggles have been down to him not being there because he does, you know, do a great shift. But I don't know if Ross Moriarty's impact kind of has kind of made that look a little mm. bit limited now. So, mm, yeah, not a good time. My seven was Blair Cowan. Ah, yeah. Uh, my seven was also nearly Blair Cowan, actually. I don't know, he's a, he's a class Just... slayer, but he's had a pretty abysmal season. Well, it was like he went from test starter to playing for London Irish again in the space of, like, three days. Yes, he did. Which was quite impressive. And not playing very well for London Irish either. No, not at all. And, you know, Luke Narraway looked all right in that team from time to time, so it can't be that hard to look all right in that team if Luke Narraway can achieve no, it. No, exactly. Uh, yeah. Eight. Now, controversial, this one. Mm. But I've gone for Sergio Parise. One, because mm. Stad have been Shiite. Really Two, bad. because of his excessive, better. excessive amounts of fuck it, I'll do it myself. He All, kind not of... only literally doing that, but kind of spiritually exuding mm. that amongst the squad and not being a very nice guy about it, it seems. No, I completely agree. I think he's crossed the line this season from being the best player that Italy have that you just go, oh, isn't it great to watch him play? To, oh, actually, you're being a bit of a dickhead now. And there's something of the Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, that's him. absolutely true. That's a bang on comparison, that. I'll go with you on that one. Mm, I just, yeah. I, I actually had David Denton. Oh, that eight. is a good call. For, yeah, sorry. That's just because he's just generally terrible rather than just a qualified for treble. Yeah. to being awful for every team that he's played for. Like Scotland, they lost two of two with him at eight and they won two of three without him. I'm not saying that's coincidental, but you know. See, I always think he looked like Patrick Swayze, David Denton, yes. but then I got told by a lot of Scottish fans that they call him Claire Balding, which is much better, <laughs> I think. That is way better. Way, way That's better. much, much better. Okay, so that was our uh, Composites Cuthbert Police on Team of the Year. A few things you think about that. Have Indeed. we missed anybody? Please let us know at Blood and Mud, and we'll, you know, say, we'll apologise. Sure we if we've missed somebody truly terrible, or if you think we've put somebody in in a completely unjustifiable manner, then please let us know. Uh, hmm. Let's do the good. Let's move on to the good. Let's. Um, good for me this weekend was Faf de Klerk. Yes, he was my He knows Nancy when to come well. out of the line. He, like, he does. He looks like Richard Hibbard's mini-me, as we've yeah. discussed. But he is some player. Like 
he's got pace as well. Mm. Like that's the one thing that he showed this week that I think he hadn't really shown in his first two starts. He he was seriously rapid, and yeah, he can put himself. He, he's a, he's a dead well. ringer for Samantha Fox. I worked that out on Saturday. <laughs> oh God, he is, isn't he? Don't Google that that's, at work if you're too young to know who Samantha is. That's troubling in a variety yeah. of ways. It's the eighties it? hair, really. But, um, it's yeah, the flicks. Argue... Yeah, it is. It's truly bad, <laughs> truly bad hair. But yeah, played very well. Looks a little bit like Sharon from EastEnders very as well. Hmm. Yeah. It has that sort of slightly pointy features. <laughs> Looks a bit like a pig. On. That's basically yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> and pretty much the only bright spark for South Africa. No, yeah, he has been pretty good actually. Ridiculously disappointing. Like, yes. Um, good for me, um, Greg Laidlaw. Right. Just because it must alarm Scottish fans that he's thirty years old, because they look absolutely rudderless with I quite like that Hidalgo um, climb when he plays, but it's whether he's good. It's whether he's good like to start. To... He's not, in, and who's going to kick the goals and all of that is. I think that's the thing. Yeah, and he also the, he does that sort of he runs the game from nine in a kind of traditional like George Gregan sort of almost. Way. Yeah, and like the transformation that occurred, like they were losing that game. And they were probably going to lose it on Saturday mm. without him. And then he came on and started kicking goals and telling yeah. people where to run. And all of a sudden, they kind of closed it out and came back. But yeah, they were a little bit fucked without yeah. him. And he is on the wrong side of 30 for doing things good. Holding um, for Ireland. Yes. Inside centre. Yeah, I, I I'll well. be honest, right? He's not registered on my consciousness much this season. I have vague remembers no, of him playing, but I couldn't. If you'd have said, if somebody had said to me, "Can you talk me through Sam Holding at some point in like May or March?" I'd have gone. Um, yeah, I mean, you called him Sam. Oh Holding yeah, there you go. Starters. Sorry, oh, what's his first name? <laughs> Stuart Holding. Stuart. Sorry, yeah. Um, yes. I did well. There you go. Perfect example of how he's not registered on my continent. But actually, mm. looking at him throughout these the games he's played in this tour, he's been really, really good. Really good. Yeah, I really like him. As Yet a another Ulster player. Him and McCloskey. <laughs> yeah. But him and McCloskey as a a really double Stewart, I like it partnership. Yeah, the Stews. <laughs> There'll be some kind of compound <laughs> verb for them soon, won't there? The stew bags or the stew. Um, I can't think. Something. Oh, Yeah, but no, he was very good. He looked cracking. <laughs> yeah, molding. That's what we'll call them. Aha! Molding. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, other goods for me Ronan O'Gara uh, fair play to Rassing's unlikely defence what defense is that all coach, about but, um, that is like that's like he, Schrodinger's yes, cat for starters Schrodinger's coach I know and yet and yet somehow they played 60 odd minutes without Maxime Machineau against a team with Toulon's ridiculous attacking resources and, and no, I, I can't, yeah, it can't be explained I'm, I'm sure that his no I'm sure that there is very much a, a do as I say, not as I did approach when Ogara takes these sessions, but fucking hell, it works. Will Gaines on Twitter got in touch, whose who's, who's user handle, which I like, is Marginal Gaines. It's <laughs> good to said, uh, that good, uh, good, and I think again, we said it last week, but again, probably even better this week, was Michael Hooper. Stunning how yeah, good the man really is. Good. Absolutely stunning. Yeah. Speaking of um, Aussies, actually, uh, I thought Max. Yes, he was. was I'd said in my preview that I thought they he'd be the key difference, and in fact, he was. I thought he'd be the key difference in getting yeah. them more tries, and we wouldn't score as many. So actually, I was half yeah. right. If, yeah. if they, yeah, if they hadn't completely shat themselves defensively, um, they they you know yeah they scored forty points. As you <laughs> said in the on like, your tweets during the that, game, uh, 
good. This defense is going to go very well against the All Blacks in a month's time, and the All Blacks have really warmed <laughs> it's up. Gonna it's going to be gonna... hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's like great. We're just going to score. We'll put the Wales points. performance in perspective. Um, yeah. it carries on going the way it's going anyway. Well, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's such a gifted and intelligent player. Like they missed him yeah. so much in this, and they're going to miss him even more when he fucks yes. off to Leicester. So. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what the thinking there is, but oh dear. Anything else, Josh? Uh, no, that is pretty much me done, I think. That's me done as well, and that is wow. us done for the season. Wow. That's the end of season party. Over. <laughs> it just keeps getting it's, better every time. It just gets better, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. the atmosphere it creates is just—it's yeah. just wonderful. We're going to finish, as we always do, with the loop. Indeed. I'd like to thank Joel Bender, who got in touch with me on email this week and, and volunteered something for the loop. However, I'm going to disappoint you, Joel, and I am sorry that I'm not going to go with your selection for this week because... But I'm going to I'm going to hold it in reserve when we come back in September because we will be back sometime in September and we're going to do season previews. We're going to have a new photocopier. It's going yeah. to be wonderful. Um, and we so I'm going to... all the pre-season training. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. We'll actually, yeah. you know, we'll know how to do stuff a little bit better, which means it'll be about forty percent professional by the time we come back in October. Marginal um, gains, September. Marginal gains. Yes, as Will <laughs> Gaines would say. Thank you for getting in touch, Joe. But um, I was going to go with your selection, but then I saw ELO at Glastonbury on Sunday, oh boy. and it reminded me what ELO are like. So basically, we're having showdown by ELO as the final loop of the season because it's glorious, and so are they. Josh, I'll be honest, people, Josh doesn't look impressed. <laughs> but then again, why am I surprised? Every week I nominate somebody who doesn't look impressed. Do you know, do you know that Josh has nominated one song all I, year? He just sits there with a yeah, face like I a just, bad arm every time I announce something. Is, I'm a music journalist. This is what I do. I sit there and I look judgmentally at other people's <laughs> musical choices. <laughs> I will say it once again. Thank you, everybody who's... Indeed. volunteer something for the loop tweeted listened bothered to take your time out of your week to actually let us invade it with our sort of semi-informed semi-ridiculous commentary we'll see you all in a few months josh it's been wonderful indeed it has been an absolute pleasure it's been emotional it has been emotional it has been emotional i believe that a new prime minister should lead this pod into <laughs> the new brexit era um and we'll see you next season guys thanks very indeed. much goodbye take care everybody
At Calor, we've always looked at the future, leading the way with our renewable gas bio-LPG. Ideal for off-grid homes and businesses, it cuts emissions by up to 90%. So, if like Mary and Mick Gorman and Abby Leakes, you're looking for a cleaner, more efficient way to cook and heat your home, our renewable gas is the right solution for you. And one that protects the planet too. Bio-LPG. Renewable gas from Calor. Find out more at calorgas.ie. Sports Social Podcast Network.